Yo, 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 welcome back to the Snatch Edges podcast. It's your girl Ebony. I'm your friendly neighborhood trichologist here to spread the gospel about not using oils on your scalp and plenty of other gems about hair health, especially for black women. Uh, today's episode is an interview with the amazing Hasia, the founder of uh, The Wig Fix or the brand The Renatural. We uh, talk and l- I get to learn lots about the wig industry and yeah man there were some scary things in there but it was altogether a great conversation so make sure you stay tuned and have a listen um if you haven't heard of the wig fix it's something that needs to be in your arsenal whether you are a wig wearer a headscarf wearer or whatever and yeah so a few updates um it seems like like london might go into you know another lockdown they're calling it all manner of things but at the moment, my last scheduled date to be at the salon is the 29th of November, which I think is a Sunday. I've also added in a Wednesday evening to make sure that if you do want to come in, you can do. And of course, there's always still online consultations. But the 29th of November is the last day that I'm seeing uh, patients, clients in person at the salon. After that, I'm having a well-deserved break for December um, into early January. Also, I'm doing the last um, Healthy Hair Challenge of the Year. That'll be in November. You can uh, book your place now. It's only £25 for three group sessions with me, um, a private group and a copy of my ebook. Now, this is for anybody who kind of like during the first lockdown or even who's new to me. It's just kind of been like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing with my hair or I want to make sure that I'm getting the best out of it. Like we can still leave 2020 looking fly even though it's trying to have us out here it is gone you know just all over the place so yeah any other updates can I think of um no that's it really I think yeah just keep reading my articles on Gaudem Afro Answers my column that comes out every month um I'm on Instagram here and there a little bit less so than usual but I'm trying to be more active on my Facebook group Black Girls of Hair Loss where we can have like a better chat and you guys can actually see my posts and what I'm doing and we can um talk a bit more properly so yeah let's get into this episode and I will be back soon all right guys sure my name is Hassi Abdusalam and my company is called The Renatural cool so tell us a little bit more about The Renatural like what does it what does it mean so the definition of renatural is um, something so seamless and effortless that it might as well be real. Um, not a dictionary de- definition. I made that up. Um, okay, cool. I love it. That's how I feel like wigs should be, um, but currently they're not because of the lack of product development. Um, the wig industry is heavily monopolized, um, and there's no feedback loop with the manufacturing bases and the large customer bases, and that's led to customer DIY innovation and no innovation from the manufacturing level and I started a company to really tackle that. Cool and so let's just talk a little bit about you like when I was reading up on you you uh, used to be a wig stylist is that correct? Yeah so literally just for like friends I love to like experiment with people and I was kind of good at it so yeah. Okay and then for uni, you wrote a your dissertation on the uh, wig industry. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you kind of found out during your research? 
Um, sure. So there's a body of research in geography called Follow the Thing, where you pretend you're that product. Um, like think of like an iPhone or an Apple. Um, one of the most famous one is he pretended he was papaya and went back to the farm in like Bolivia or something and spoke to the farmer and everything. Um, so when I like read that and saw the case studies, I was like, this will be really cool for wigs because does anyone really know where they come from and the whole manufacturing funnel and everything? So, um, yeah, that's what I did. And yeah, the wig industry is just, it, it relies on the opaqueness. No one really knows what they're getting. No one really knows how to check the quality of the hair. Um, no one really knows the lasting effects. Um, so yeah, it's just um the kind of things that I found out it's like 90% of the industry is owned by four companies that then own 17,000 subsidiaries who are the main suppliers to western companies so basically all getting variations of the same thing um over 70% of the um world team in hair comes from literally three towns in India which is well I guess they're like regions in India which is insane um most of like the lace work is done in North Korea um, under unscrupulous means, actually. Um, so, yeah, that that was really interesting to find out, um, especially with me. I'm really big on like not um, getting into fast fashion. So <laughs> we completely like uh, just turned me off that track. So, yeah. Um, another fun fact was 80% of the human hair in circulation actually isn't human hair. It's like fibers, synthetics, animal hair. Yeah. But you blow my mind. There's so many things I want to ask you to just to like, okay, firstly, you said geography. Was that what your degree was in? Yeah, economic geography. Okay. So that's interesting that you kind of pivoted it to kind of suit your, I guess, interests outside of university as well. Yeah. And then you said four companies are like the main kind of like the top bosses and they've created like different I guess brands underneath those that sell I guess different types of hair is that correct yeah um well it's not that um it's not that cohesive I guess so just um the way the hair is manufactured it always does come from um it's a very small like supplier game if that makes sense yeah Wow, I'm just like trying to take it all in. And then, okay, so, yeah. so I know a lot, of, like, I'm not really like a wig person, um, but a lot of my clients are. And so you're yeah. saying that, you know, you go to the shop, you buy like, you know, 100% human hair because you think it's going to be like the best quality, the most realistic. Yeah. You're telling me that it's animal fibers. Um, a lot of them are. Um, even when you do get human hair, um, it's supposed to be cut in a certain way to make it remy. A lot of it is actually fallen hair. So that's hair retrieved from gutters, um, salon floors, what? prisons. Um, yeah, I know. I, it, it is like, just like, what the hell? But this is literally how the industry is sustained. Um, there was just like a massive, one of the biggest shipments into the US for human hair was just recently seized because um, they found that it came from Chinese concentration camps forcefully. Yeah yeah um yeah the the hair and like i mean with the that does affect obviously the quality of the hair people don't know where it's coming from Mm -hmm. but just the ethics of the industry as well is um like a large part of why it just needs more transparency and kind of needs to be reformed in a technologically advanced way because it is before the wig gets on your head it's been touched by over 
15 different hands doing the lace, the wefting, um, cleaning the hair, bleaching the hair. Um, so yeah, if we can like reduce that and like um, with technology, I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I feel I'm a bit flabbergasted by that. Um, and yeah. you know, what comes to mind is, you know, like people joking like, oh, you know, your hair is horse hair. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole sweet scandal times 50. <laughs> yeah, that's not too far from the truth then. Um, yeah. Okay, so you created uh, the wig fix. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So um, after this dissertation, I was kind of like here, I was like, this is just crazy um how like I was just thinking of different like methods different kind of products to um alleviate some of these problems um and one of them was the wig fix and I think that's the most pertinent thing like having a wig and wanting it to be secure and also having a wig not damage your edges like I've been through that and it's like it is just it, it's a very um I guess it's like cyclical in that you wear a wig because you want to um because your edges aren't that full and you're trying to yeah. regrow them thinking that a wig is a protective style then the lace in the wig rubs on your skin so much and damages your hair so that it, in it increases the traction alopecia so it makes you want to wear wigs even more to hide it and which damages your hair even more so you wear wigs more and that's just like a horrible like uh merry-go-round that I wanted to jump off mm -hmm. um I think it was actually like nearly two years after my dissertation, um, I wrote that dissertation that I um, sat down and was like, okay, I'm gonna actually develop this and go through the product testing and everything because um, I was in Las Vegas and it was like 42 degrees there. Yeah. And, um, I was wearing a wig and it looked good. Like all my Instagram pictures look good. But in reality, I was like, <laughs> sweating, the wig was like, so heavy it was the lace just looked like a mess because the glues were like melt oh, it was just awful I was like this is not this is not a like part of beauty in any capacity mm. um I need to create that product um so when I got back home I I did <laughs> I did that I did was like me um putting seven months squishing it yeah, all together yeah because you made it sound so simple like yeah you know yeah. I did, I did, like you know next <laughs> day it was months, like testing designing tears speaking to a ton of people um but yeah yeah I think I don't know I've been so impressed with you like I remember meeting you and you telling me about it and just being like why hasn't this been done before or like just the simplicity of it as well it solves yeah. a really big issue in such a gentle and kind yeah. of hair as well and it's just like guys like this makes so much you know that when something just clicks yeah and thank uh, you <laughs> yeah and like especially what you said about the, the the cycle of it being like you know wigs being a protective style but actually they're not really very protective unless they're worn in a, like a really specific way and they end up doing yeah. most of the damage that women or men or whoever's wearing wigs is trying to get away mm -hmm. from and mm -hmm. so having something that kind of interrupts that and makes sure that you know however you choose to express yourself with your hair you're doing it safely mm -hmm. so yeah I have to give you some claps because I'm like proper like wow this is like so sick um so tell us more about like, the wig fix like in actual terms like for people that haven't seen it what is it what does it do 
So the wig fix for people that haven't seen it, it's a textured silicone headband. Um, it has hundreds of little nodes that act as stimulants that gently massage a scalp when it's being worn, which induces and increased blood flow, which um, promotes healthy, stronger hair growth. Um, it's also 100% made out of 100% hypoallergenic silicone. So um, with that material, when it's worn, it creates a barrier between um, the scalp the hair and the wig fix called occlusion mm -hmm. so that um, allows the natural like oils of the hair to be retained which promotes like stronger hair follicles which is like longer longer growth yeah the silicone also allows your wig to be secured it uses um it's a headband so it sits on your head like a headband would a full circumference headband it works with full circumference wigs so if you think about the um the uh, like conical shape of the wig on your head the wig yeah. is applying pressure onto your head which is applying pressure onto the wig fix that pressure activates the grip so that your wig is like unable to move when that pressure is removed um, you're easily able to remove the wig in the wig fix making it super easy to put on put off and it doesn't snag on your hair in any capacity Listen, I just love the science of it. You're just like, yeah, the pressure, the occlusion. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, well, there's so many beauty brands using silicone now as like eye patches or to reduce wrinkles and stuff like that. So a lot of the studies really came from there. Um, so I love that I'm able to like kind of use that with the wig industry because wigs are part of beauty, just not so normalized until no, now. No, definitely, like, definitely. And I love the... Um, the way that they are becoming normalized as such like before it was just like, yeah you know, the wigs were for like the aunties or people experiencing hair <laughs> and now yeah just, like, you don't have to wear a wig for any other reason than you want to exactly and the, the quality of the wigs and the styles is like you can kind of become whoever you want to on a certain day depending mm -hmm. on like what hairstyle or what hair type you choose so i love exactly. the versatility of them um I can't go on the internet without seeing an influencer using the wig fix. Like, <laughs> over, like my whole life. Every time I go on internet, I'm like, the shade room, uh, it's on YouTube everywhere. I go on Twitter and it's there. And I'm like, I love that you have just, and it's not like, you're truly like a global brand. Oh, like, it's not just people in London or people in the UK. I'm seeing people like in America using it, like big, massive influencers to smaller up and coming ones. How yeah, did you like, explain your mind? I'm like away from hair stuff. I'm just like, no, how did you make this business like successful? Like, how did it go from okay, dissertation to making the product to getting it to like, you know, in all sorts of magazines and features? Um so I would I have to preface this as making the product is no easy feat. Yeah. Completely coming up with when you make a product, it's you have to think of like the um the design, the structure, how it clasps, longevity, um, the durability. Um, yeah, that was just was so new to me. I've never like actually physically made a product. So um, just like my really bad sketches and then explaining it to um, uh, um, putting it into like a CAD, a computer-aided design so that you can send this to um, different um, I actually got it 3D printed the first time so oh, I could have wow. it to test it. Um, but 3D printing as a like a form of manufacturing just isn't feasible. It's we're still like in relatively early days of 3D printing, so it's still quite ex um, expensive to mm -hmm. print such soft 
products. Um, so I had to go to like a molding manufacturer who, um, so I was like testing it with like, and it, it is like generally considered um, because of the type of silicone we use, like it's generally considered as like medical. So like they were making tubings for like, um, you know, the tubings that you see in hospitals yeah. or um, different, um, 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 the, you know, the air pumps that you see like in hospitals as well. And here I am coming in like, hey, I want to make a headband for No, wings. but this is all life-saving <laughs> equipment. Like some people are saving lives through like, you know, lungs and respirators and you're saving lives through <laughs> edges. Like, please. <laughs> and i come in like hey i want to make yeah but they were they were super like responsive um because it all, it all depends on the type of like silicone that you use as well um and yeah and then i went through four different samples like i, I posted about this like the first wig fix was just oh my god it was nearly like I don't know a leg brace it was so thick <laughs> <laughs> the design was all wrong I remember getting it in the post um from Germany as a manufacturer using it at the time and I was just like oh my god what have I done <laughs> what is this yeah but um yeah fourth time lucky it came out um looking great and I was like okay this actually works this is amazing and I would just go all the way back into the, the first wig fix I actually like put together um with like the first sample just to see if it works so all of like the silicone patches I was talking about in beauty I had a few of them literally stuck them all together mm. and kind of made a DIY headband of that and um that worked so I was like I'm onto something for real so I should definitely go forward with this so um, how did you like product test it because literally you're saying that this uh this band keeps your like you know your wig secure what kind yeah. of like, situations did you put wig wearers in to make sure that the wig fix was like you know on the money yeah so um i remember receiving the fourth sample i was going to france um the next week so i was um, wearing it like the whole time um it was like a hiking holiday and the wig stayed secure like i usually wouldn't wear a wig going like hiking and camping and stuff mm. but like it was all good it was all good um and then when i came back i did uh, i had like relatively big focus testing with um so I would say my different um markets so yeah. um that was with um the medical market so I was testing it with like there was this um, Facebook group it was actually women who have recently gone through like pregnancy and have lost their hair due to pregnancy okay. like I was just inviting myself into like all these places that I really shouldn't have been <laughs> um but they were like super welcoming they all loved it and like at the end like they got a free wig fix which like I get so many like user generated videos from like just befriending that group and stuff and you know once well, at the wig market once someone gets a hold of something literally the word just spreads because it's like relatively niche so yeah. um yeah so that was one market so the medical market um I tested it with chemotherapy um, people that were just getting out of chemotherapy and I found that um, they were also putting it in their fridges taking it out and using it as cooling bands oh, for chemotherapy wow. I was like, that is like so cool <laughs> like, um and also um I found that they used it for head scars for turbans and then they used it for hijabs as well and I was like you guys are like going ahead of like what I was thinking this yeah is you know what? I've actually been telling some of my clients to use it as well I'm like if you constantly wear like a scarf or anything that's gonna mm. um, rub your edges I'm like yeah, yeah just get a wig fix and just like wear it underneath like it's fine it's cool so I definitely have been giving people yeah, like, intuitive with, ways as well 
exactly all the fabrics do like strip your hair over time so um yeah it's best to have like a good barrier like the way folks yeah. <laughs> um and of course black women like mum a ton of friends um and a ton of people i didn't know we actually had like a focus testing group and that mm-hmm. was such an interesting group like i had um um some people who did drag had non-binary people i had like trans people i had like black women i had cosplayers um i had so this was in a separate group because this was quite hard for me to get a hold of but i had some people who wore shaitel wigs um what, no, sorry explain for so that's in like the orthodox jewish community oh, okay, um, yes yeah so i really like when um i had like children well there were children there was like 13 12 you know that had like chronic alopecia mm-hmm. um so yeah like getting all those groups together so in the end i tested over 118 people um and kind of got the okay from them all the feedback before putting the product out into the world so you really 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 did your homework before you kind of were like here here's my thing here is yeah. gonna help you that's amazing yeah. um I saw a video with um, an influencer, Mariam, who yeah. uh, was talking about her um, issues after wearing wigs and especially like lace fronts and using the glues. Can you tell me mm-hmm. more about how that like collaboration came about? Um, so it was really interesting is um, you send product to people and you get their feedback on it and um, you discuss like collaborations with some people, some people it's on a gifting basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Miriam, we were discussing a collaboration and then like she was going through the situation. I didn't have any like idea, but like she tried the product out for a month or a couple of months. And um, yeah, she was like, this is the angle I'm taking with the video. I was like, this is awesome. But I didn't really know the extent to what it was until she sent the video over. And I was like, wow, this is like incredible. And like saying the wig fix help, like this is exactly the kind of like testimonial stories that we need and we're looking for. And like, yeah, so that was like so perfectly aligned. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people could relate with the video as well. So while you were developing it, did you kind of like, were you aware of the issues around using glues for wigs or not really? Like, had you experienced any of those like yourself or like heard, did it come up in your research? So, um, yeah, I think that people need to remember that wigs of today were made for theatre. They weren't made for you to wear for days and weeks. Mm. Um, Wigs weren't made for that. The lace wig glues weren't made for that. Um, So it's when you start to use it out of its, uh, out of what it's uh, made for, you're going to develop like some problems. Like you can't wear glue for a week and expect your skin and hair to be fine. You yeah. know, when it's only made for you to wear for a two hour show. Um, yeah. So when people start like adapting it differently, you're going to encounter some problems. Personally, I've, I'm like the epitome of a lazy wig wearer. I okay. would really use glues because it, it takes too much time. Like who, who actually has like time for that? It takes like 20 minutes in the morning. Um, if I'm like going somewhere as well, like I'd usually just use like mousse and a bit of gel. Um, and I used to use those um, velvet grips as okay. well. And they were like super bulky. So you'd have to really tighten your wig. And that's, that's just what I used to use. Um, glues were never, it just, I already had like a massive forehead. <laughs> like, um, my hairline wasn't all that great, so I wasn't gonna like make it worse with glues because I yeah. just know 
stuff. I'm going to come home after a long day and just like kind of peel the wig off instead of like putting the glue remover on and doing all of that. So you just like, let me save myself trouble because I'm not really, I'm not going to do it properly. And also another thing is like when you sleep with your wig and wig glue on, um, when you move during the night, you're causing massive tension. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people wake up with their bonnets off. That's because you're moving and like your head is moving and like it comes off. So imagine like what you're all the pulling and tension you're inducing when you're wearing a wig and that yeah. doesn't come up because it's obviously stuck on with glue. It's so, true. Yeah. yeah, that's like one thing that I always try to get people to understand is that if you're wearing a wig, cool, but it shouldn't be like an all day, all night thing. And then it becomes really mm-hmm. difficult, like you said, if people are using glue to stick it down and don't have anything to kind of like alleviate that friction, because if you're yeah. moving, like it's just on your pillowcase, like the wig is moving, your skin is moving. And then the glue stuck to your your skin so it's kind of like dragging it along so the friction you would get normally is like exponentially worse when you've got like something stuck to your head that doesn't allow for any like it doesn't have any give basically yeah and i definitely think that if people like people should use that they want i'm just trying to create something that's like a healthier or safer easier alternative Um, And then it reduces or removes the use of glue. So, I mean, you can use like a tiny bit of glue or reduce it or moderate it because Mm -hmm. it does have like long term like health implications if you use large quantities of it on a frequent basis. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's like, like you said, it was for theatre. So those styles are amazing Mm -hmm. for like events for like short term, but they're not they're not suitable for like long term wear without Mm -hmm. any kind of like repercussions. Yeah um so yes yeah, so you mentioned the velvet wig grip I mean yeah. I don't want to call it a wig grip but like a velvet headband how yeah. did you find using those because for me they kind of seem like I guess counterintuitive like I can, I can understand like you know they work in keeping the wig secure but I'm like you're still going to get massive amounts of tension and like you said they're bulkier and it's just going to be like more heat and like pressure on the scalp how did you what was your experience with those um so I found like for those I used them for quite a while but because it was just the best out of a bad bunch really um when I made my wigs like super tight but you find that the elastic digs into your head and like that leaves marks and yeah um so the velvet grips were like um, a good barrier for that um but again the fabric would just kind of erode the hairline over time and they were super bulky (laughs) which was just so annoying I don't like my wig looking like a hat um yeah and I actually found um they were so they were updated in the 19th century um when wig ventilation was became popular and that was in like 19th century Paris explain Um, um, wig ventilation for us that are not um Oh, okay. Uh, wig lingo. <laughs> so, um, with wigs, you would see a lot of wigs now are like lace. Um, they have lace closures or lace frontals. Um, so that whole technique of attaching the hair onto the lace is called ventilation, right. and that was really developed in the 19th century in Paris to make wigs seem more skin-like. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what lace then, basically? Yeah, that was because of wigs were just popular because a lot of people had syphilis and syphilis caused alopecia. Yeah, massive hair loss, yeah. And that's so interesting. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Um, but with velvet grips, they um, the earliest traces of them were actually in ancient Egypt. They used um, like cotton fibers, like a band of cotton fibers to kind of stabilize their wigs. So that was kind of when they were like developed 
and then they got an upgrade in the 19th century. You know, I've never thought about like ancient Egyptians wearing wigs before. Like, I'm so like blown. <laughs> yeah yeah their wigs i mean their wig netting structures are basically like good they're not they haven't been like a large there hasn't been much of a like change yeah um, yeah they, they were pretty good to, to be fair like during my research i went to the british museum to like check out the wigs and stuff and i was like kind of impressed i mean pretty much similar wetting structures that we use today so so is it a case of like if it's not broke, like if it's broke, don't fix it. I don't know the saying properly, but yeah, like you know, the first yeah, I mean, that's innovation really... of it was so good. It's like, where do mm. we kind of go from here? That's a really good point. Like, I feel like wigs are used differently nowadays, so it requires a different kind of product. Um, people weren't wearing wigs twenty four seven, back to back, or um, people didn't have the kind of they ancient Egyptians. A lot of them used to shave their heads fully. In the 19th century in Paris, they had alopecia, so they didn't have any hair. It's kind yeah. of different now where some people, when you have alopecia, it's not like you're usually fully um, bald. Sometimes you do have hair, sometimes you don't. Um, the people that wear wigs that have like four heads of hair underneath. Um, so it has to be dynamic to cater for all of those types of people. And also people wearing wigs for longer and more frequently. Mm-hmm. And um, I would also say that, so this is, a, this is, for me, this is a theory. Um, I did back it off my dissertation. Okay, but the two cool, aspects, cool. I'm excited. <laughs> the two aspects of this, wigs are, I mean, up until recently, it was rather, like, embarrassing. Like, there's a lot of people, like, I mean, in our reviews, there's so many, like, oh, I wore it at my boyfriend's house and I didn't have to take my wig off. Thank you for saving me from the embarrassment. I'm just like, well, I mean, it's not embarrassing to take your wig off, but I'm glad that I could... The, the product that help you in that way like wigs are still super intimate um yeah yeah and it's you don't want to yeah you don't want to tell everyone you're wearing a wig you want it to look and feel as natural as possible so people kind of hide the problems that they have with the product you know because mm-hmm. it's just not something to be openly discussed up until relatively recently and then the second aspect i would say is 60 percent of the wig market are black women um, oh, I was usually eighteen to sixty-five, and I would say misogynoir does play a part in the advancements in the industry. In all of the beauty aspects, the ones with the least innovation are the ones targeted for Black women, and I would say that's no coincidence. So, could you um, expand on that a little bit? Like, um, could you give like maybe some examples? Yeah, so um, I recently um, did a collaboration with um, this amazing brand, you've probably heard of them, Afrocentrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, were, so they um, created a set called like Under the Wig, so to care for your Afro hair under your wig, and um, had like covert blog posts and everything, and just exploring how um, uh, products catered towards black women or Afro kinky hair are, are seven times more likely to have carcinogens in them. Mm. Um, yeah and um when a lot of these companies uh shame moisture diva curl um they're when they're acquired um they change their formula so they no longer cater towards black hair yeah. and that's not really disclosed um so that's like been a huge scandal so um yeah and just with um should i even go back to all the way like perms relaxes and stuff it's Head- them, isn't it yeah yeah and um, you can see this in like some of the things in Boots and Superdrug won't sell, but all the beauty supply stores do sell. Yeah, um, yeah that's because of different standards. And um, yeah, 
and also the duplicate industry and um, got to be glue now it's really it's actually really hard to find the real thing unless you go to a store there's so many false duplicates of them and they're putting together just all types of ingredients that like don't um that are really damaging towards the skin and you know, uh, people don't realize this like that there's so many like dupes and fakes out there like i know we've all seen videos of like um i guess in like um africa and asia where people will have like fake medications or fake products and stuff like it's a it's, i think it's more in people's forefront there but yeah even i remember telling people um before that when i used to get relaxers from like the um the asian hair shops the the activator will come in a sachet rather than in like a bottle like it usually does and i was like mm -hmm. i know this is strange because it never comes in a sachet before like why is this happening but still buying the relaxer anyway and always yeah. and burns or even like the products people get like I always try to get people to read the information on their labels and someone had bought um i think it was a shea moisture product and it didn't have yeah. any like expiry date or like you know like the, oh, the yeah. can saying when it's done and i'm oh, like yeah. this is such a good fake but it's fake please i don't know what's inside it like please for your exactly. help. I don't, yeah you don't know what's in there and i went into one recently um i haven't bought in a hair shop in a long while but i just went in to pick up some stuff from my sister and i was just looking at all the products and i was like I wouldn't recommend not one of these for our hair mm -hmm. but there's people going in there and like you know asking them for help and stuff and it's like most people will know better how to take care of their wig than the hair underneath mm -hmm. like they'll know that you know i'm not supposed to like straighten it too much or how to like color it or how to like keep it looking good for like an extended period of time or if it gets damaged how to look after it but then when it comes to the hair underneath they're kind of like well what do I do with this? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it's um, it, it's yeah, it's really the, like demoralizing when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's so many great brands that um are coming out to like combat this. So also no, a lot of them. Yeah. And I feel like the collaborations are really good, where it shows like you know, I guess because to somebody who might be experiencing hair loss, like say like that part of your market, they might be looking just for, you know, um, ways to like cover it or camouflage and they come mm -hmm. across your product and then through that, they're kind of linked to other ways or other information. So it's, I think collaborations are really important where, you know, you never know how, I guess your product's gonna be used or what it can then expose people to. Yeah, exactly. Um, our blog, about this like and that's one of our most popular blog posts so yeah really interesting to see that um in this yeah. month we're collaborating with some estheticians i can never pronounce that correctly um just talking like black estheticians talking about um the effects of wigs on skin and what people don't know and she just like tweeted about it yesterday and it's gone like, i a think lot i saw that and i was just like see yeah. you guys are just all over but i don't follow this person but here it is it's <laughs> Um, so the right <laughs> yeah so you have um expanded the range to include the wig fix in seven different i guess skin-based colors yeah what was the the um motivation behind that so the wig fix um came in a transparent color it was like literally glass colored so it reflected anything underneath um usually if your lace is tinted it won't make much of a difference because it would just show like your lace color and be like transparent so it wouldn't like affect anything but some people felt like um 
they didn't want to tint it with makeup or anything they just wanted it you know to make it even more seamless mm -hmm. and that's what we're all about so I decided to introduce um, the skin tone shades to accommodate that and um, the response has been really great so far I think I mean it's just it's such a good like photo off like it looks so beautiful together like yeah they do, yeah, they so. do. I like the little um, um you've got one that like look that kind of shades it like foundation on your yeah. face where it like matches yeah. and so at the beginning was that like part of the plan to release it in different colors or was it literally just a response to feedback um I um it was a plan but I wanted to um Sorry, it was a plan, but I wanted to see what customers thought and what people thought about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so. so apart from like some of the collaborations that you mentioned, what kind of things can we expect from the Vinatural? Um, so I mean, you know, Christmas and like Black Friday and Cyber Monday are coming up. Um, we have our first like TV show appearance, which is super exciting coming up. Wow, can you say uh, what it is? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, collaborating with just more um, influencers. We have like a really interesting one coming up with a person who wears hijabs. So you've actually been using the wig fix, and I'm just like, that's amazing. Uh, we should work together. Um, yeah, and just way more like uh, blog posts, lots of content coming from us, lots of educational. Um, piece of content because I feel like I have all these tidbits especially from that good old dissertation and I'm um, just sharing that more on our socials and growing the brand even more um, there's still so many people that would like something like the work fix but haven't heard about it so yeah I have a lot of work to do in that aspect yeah well you've set an amazing foundation I'm really just so excited to see what you guys come up with next or um, how you kind of infiltrate and make your mark on like the um the wig industry because it seems like you guys are really like responsive to feedback and definitely kind of pushing boundaries of the way we think about things so yeah Thank i'm you. really excited